Hello, I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the director of the Henry Nowen Society, and I want to welcome you to a new episode of Henry Nowen, Now and Then. Our goal at the Nowen Society is to extend the rich spiritual legacy of Henry Nowen to audiences right around the world. Every week, our desire is to bring you either a new interview with someone who's been deeply influenced by the writings of Henry Nowen, or perhaps even a clip of Henry himself. Because we're new to the world of podcasts, taking time to give us a review or a thumbs up or even share this episode will mean a great deal to us and allow us to reach more people with programs that continually remind us of Henry's inspiring writings and teachings. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a dear friend of mine and former head of the Henry Nowen Society, Nathan Ball. Nathan and Henry were great friends and worked together in the L'Arche Daybreak community north of Toronto for the last 10 years of Henry's life. Nathan has had a long connection with the L'Arche movement, providing leadership in Canada at L'Arche Daybreak, and then as the founding executive director of the L'Arche International Foundation. Today, Nathan lives with his family in St. Louis, and he's involved in partnerships and development for L'Arche USA. Nathan has completed a new workbook edition of Henry Nowen's well-known book, A Spirituality of Fundraising. On October 28th, in partnership with the publisher, Upper Room Books, and the Lake Institute for Faith and Giving, we're offering a free webinar featuring Nathan Ball and exploring some of the most important things Henry Nowen had to share with those tasked with the job of raising funds for their organizations. I thought it would be good to give you a taste of what is coming in that free webinar. So in today's podcast, Nathan will give you insights into one of Henry Nowen's best known books. I'm so glad to get a chance to talk with you, Nathan. Thanks, Karen. Why did you agree to write the workbook edition for this Nowen classic? Well, frankly, the publisher had the idea that a workbook might be a way of extending the uh, impact of this little book that's been so important for for so many people. And um, they reached out and and asked me if I would be interested in in writing it. Uh, At first, I wasn't sure because uh, writing workbooks is is not in my wheelhouse, or at least it hasn't been. Um, But I I quickly grew fond of the idea and... um, uh, took some time over 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 several months to uh, think about how it how it could be structured. So for those uh, several months when I was working on the workbook, uh, I was able to think a lot about um, Henry's impact on me and uh, my uh, awareness of the impact of the of the of his book, uh, spirituality and fundraising, and. Um, it was a very blessed experience for me. So uh, I would I would say I, I did it because I was asked, and I, I stuck with it because it uh, it, it was a, a really good personal experience. Well, what is so interesting to me, I'm sure you didn't see this coming when you when you and Henry first formed a friendship. I can't imagine that you were thinking someday I'll be a fundraiser and this is where I'll be. It's intriguing to me how. Henry has spoken into your life in this way, and somehow that's evolved. I mean, you bring much to this book. You bring a wealth of experience, which is really enhances it. But also, at the same time, I, I sense that somehow it is grounded in that relationship with Henry in the first place. Can you just maybe explain a little bit, like, 
I, I remember reading this wonderful quote in here about, you know, the central theme of Henry's writing is that our human and spiritual journey must be one of letting go of the illusion that our identity can be found in what we do, how much money we have and give away, or what others think of us. Living a spiritual life, says Henry, is fundamentally about claiming and reclaiming the truth of our eternal belovedness and allowing the inner voice of love to be the compass that directs our thoughts and words and actions. How does that uh, sense of our belovedness marry with this book? Karen, that's so quintessential Henry, isn't it? Those, mm-hmm. uh, someone once said um, Henry uh, wrote 40 books, which was <laughs> 40 different ways of, <laughs> of making uh, simple and, and deeply spiritual and, and, and human uh, point in reality, which is that we are in a, on a journey where, we, where we're so often grasping uh, for, the, for the answers to, to who we are, to our sense of purpose and meaning kind of outside of ourself and outside of what Henry calls the inner sacred inner place, our, our heart, our soul, in which the precious name that we've been called has has been nurtured and, and deepened and um that's so that's it so so much of what henry says is giving us the the practices the the, the reminders the the vision for how to trust that we were born in love and that we're called to love that we're capable of loving we're capable of forgiving and um, but all of those things apply to what we often consider a very non-spiritual work, which is the work of, uh, of fundraising, of, of raising money for the for the things that that matter. And certainly, my experience of Henry was that he walked the talk. He was an incredibly passionate um, and um, very relational man who sort of fumbled uh in terms of you know cooking and and driving the car and um (laughs) figuring out uh, some of the some of the practical aspects of day-to-day life but he certainly knew about our our heart the universal experience of our heart the longing of our heart to love and to be loved he inspired us and called us to return to that place of honoring ourselves and honoring our, our need for relationship. It, it's interesting because one of the things that I've discovered over the last five years as the executive director of the Now and Society, uh, I, you know, I know people, for example, know and love some of Henry's favorites, like, um, you know, the uh, Return of the Prodigal Son and uh, Life of the Beloved and Compassion and many wonderful books but interestingly enough the one where I find more people have discovered Henry is actually in that little tiny book A Spirituality of Fundraising Uh, and it's an amazing gift that is given with that book because in a way Henry just uh, 
helps you get rid of the fear that you have and invites you into this business that God's giving you a vision and you can share it and you can invite people into that vision. And uh, I, I think that's that's one of the gifts with Henry, again, going back to this ability to sort of somehow flip it. And suddenly you're seeing it from a different angle and you're also feeling empowered in it, which I love. Um, I, I mm-hmm. think... Uh, what I find exciting about what you're doing, Nathan, is I'm sure that you're bringing so much more to it because you've been doing this for the last 20 years. I mean, really, you've had to roll up your sleeves and raise funds and learn what that meant. And I'm sure Henry has been a rich resource to you, but you're bringing more to the table. This workbook edition is such a special book, and I really would encourage people to get it. So now, as you go into this, I'd like to know, who do you think um, you want to speak to? Who, who, who is this book for? Um, help me with that. Interesting. One, one thing I would say is, as I got into the workbook, uh, and I think if I had to, well, I know that if I had to do it over again, I might, I might, bro- I might broaden the the workbook because it was so evident to me that the book um, and, and that Henry's message is as much about giving as it is about asking. So mm-hmm. it, fundraising and spirituality or the spirituality of fundraising puts the emphasis on the, on the asking, but in fact it's about the heart and spirit of the giver and the heart and spirit of, of the asker and um ultimately we're all called to be both givers and askers mm-hmm. now many of us won't be professional fundraisers many of us won't be on the you know development or campaign committee of our congregation or our not for profit but many, many, many people are in situations where um, they are being asked for money, small amounts of money uh, or larger, and having to process that and discern what their response will be. And many people are involved uh, in, uh, if you just think of people in, in not-for-profit, you know, there's several million mm-hmm. not-for-profit organizations in, in North America and more around the world and um, uh, boards and parishes and congregations and schools and they all need money Mm -hmm. in order to take an idea or to take a vision and put legs on it uh, we need financial fuel and um, that's what money is it's a it's an energy source it's a carrier of of the deep values that we have um, hopefully, the values of justice and peace and and community and care. Um, so when we're out doing that work, we, we we need to have money. So I think there's a there's I know that there's many many people who who um, uh, feel responsible. They want to contribute, and very quickly when it comes to asking or trying to have a vision of how they could be constructively part of the asking process, we kind of meet this place of resistance or this place of, oh, I just, this, this is hard. I don't want to do it. Uh, this is an unfriendly uh, area to, to, 
to have to work in. It's a burden. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's un, an unwanted task. It's a necessary evil. And what Henry does is he shines a light on this, which um, moves from that that place of um, of burden or even curse. I've heard I once heard a person call fundraising a curse, and Henry says uh, unpacks this whole notion that actually fundraising is a blessing. Fundraising is a way mm-hmm. of proclaiming what you most deeply believe and in inviting others to participate. It's, it's not a burden. Uh, it's a gift. And, and when people think often of spirituality, they think of, you know, purity and holiness and goodness and, mm-hmm. and um, ease, you mm-hmm. know, spirit. When they think of fundraising, they think of, um, hard, you know, confusion, mm-hmm. it's emotionally complicated, um, maybe dishonest, manipulative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's all this. Mm-hmm. One is of God and the, others, the other is kind of of the dark, mm-hmm. from the dark side of the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And Henry, just even the title of spirituality fundraising, brings those words together in people, it sort of jolts people. Yeah. But as soon as you focus on it, uh, and of course, Henry's answer is that spirituality, that fundraising, as any other aspect of our life, is deeply spiritual. It's deeply human. It's a human spiritual. We need money. We need yeah. food. Yeah. We need prayer. We need relationship. And 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 fundraising is 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 one way of of um, expressing your faith. And in fact, a way. Um, it will bring life and, and vitality to all of us. I know there's been tens of thousands of copies of that book sold. So, yeah. and 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 that uh, uh, particularly churches and not-for-profit organizations, institutions have purchased them by the by the dozens. If you've never read it, it it just inspires you. It just it empowers you. That's what it does. But I think it's so exciting because we're actually going to offer a free webinar for folks who are in this area or in this arena or are interested on October 28th, the Lake Institute for Faith and Giving and the Henry Nowen Society and Upper Room are coming together and we're featuring you. It's a conversation between you and Melissa Spas. And uh, I think it's going to be really valuable. I think it's going to address some of the questions. It should be a time of real encouragement. It's free. It's October 28th at four o'clock. Tell me some of the questions that you think people will will bring to the table for that. Well, I think pe- if, pe- if, if people have not uh, read Henry's book uh, or read the, um, the additional commentary that's, that's part of the workbook, I think they will be delighted, surprised and delighted um, to be part of or to witness a, a conversation that really frames fundraising in a very excited, you know, forward-thinking manner, you know, as just, as we were talking about from something that is, is a burden to something that has, has an enormous amount of, of potential to facilitate transformation, not just for the cause, for the people that we're serving, but for the giver and for the asker. People that have read the book often uh, people, this is this would be a really common experience where people read the book and say, "Wow, that's it! That's I, I can do this." This they're they're yeah. kind of 
hair on fire, ready to go. <laughs> and then uh, about six weeks or two months or three months later, <laughs> they kind of come back, you know, hat in hand and, and, and say, boy, I, I, this isn't quite as easy as I thought it would be. And, um, you know, how do I actually put legs on this vision that was so inspiring to me that Henry Henry really gave me something that I know is valuable, but out there when I got back to my committee, when I went out to talk with somebody, when I we started the work, I quickly lost the vision because I couldn't bridge the practical work that was needed with the, the vision that was there. So I do think Melissa and I will talk about some of those issues why not simply what fundraising is but you know what is money and and why is money uh, so complicated so emotionally complicated for all of us not just mm-hmm. for some of us but yeah. for all of us yeah. um how do we articulate the project the the need or the the vision that we have and why is vision so important how do we change our our language so that the way in which we do our fundraising uh reflects the the sacredness of the relationships that we have with one another i have a fundraising friend who says fundraising for for a lot of people they they seem to think about fundraising as fracking like we can extract money out of people if we do it in the right way. And she said, it's, no, it's about building friendships. It's about building uh, partnerships. Henry is so uh, radical in his focus on um, being in relationship and building lasting relationships that he even says this, Karen. He says, unless asking for money is good for you, you as the asker it's good for your spiritual life and your well-being and it is good for the person you're asking you shouldn't ask that's a really really strong statement that many uh, uh, people would would uh, raise their eyebrows up but I love it he's wow. asking us to to really to to never we have, fundraising is about money as I said we need financial fuel we need to have money. It's our. It's it's part of the daily bread yeah. uh, that we need. But what happens is so often money becomes the focus and not the reason why we need the money, which is to change lives, to save lives, to build community, to bring you know racial uh, justice into the world. And it's not about the, the goal. Isn't to raise ten thousand dollars or ten million dollars. The goal is to eradicate cancer, or the goal is to build communities of belonging where people with and without disabilities can live together and, and be, a, be a sign of hope and peace. So um, that's why vision is so important and lang- language is so important. So I think Melissa and I will talk a little bit about that, that whole uh, shift from thinking about uh, fundraising as transactions to thinking about it as a way of building community or the task of building community. Knowing that money is so complicated and that we need money, how do we take money off the table when we begin talking to people enough so that we can focus on the relationship and then kind of put money back on the table 
if there's an alignment of values, there's a sense of connection between the person and the person's heart that I'm talking to and, and the people that I'm representing, then I always say to people, I have never once asked somebody for money who wasn't ready to be asked. Why? Because I always ask them, can I have a conversation with you about uh, supporting this project? Is it okay? Yeah. It's called yeah. permission to proceed. Can I, yeah. can I have a conversation with you about how you might partner with us? And, and uh, so I think there's some, some very practical uh, ways in which we uh, can live out the vision that Henry has given to us, which, of course, Henry didn't, didn't enumerate in, in, in his own text. Yeah. And I hope that Melissa and I will take some time to talk about that. Uh, in addition to just this core issue of what are the practices that we need to embrace and live if we want to live out the vision that Henry has articulated over a over an extended period of time. I hear in you the lovely imprint and echo of Henry. Clearly, you are a a person who uh, received and you give that out with great depth. And I thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much. It's lovely to chat with you. And I just want to encourage people. You will, it'd be great if you join us on October 28th, but if you don't get a chance to do that, I highly recommend you take a look at the workbook edition of a spirituality of fundraising. You will be enriched. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Karen. I always love having the chance to sit down and talk with Nathan Ball. You'll find links in the show notes for our website and any content resources or books discussed today. You'll also find a link to the free webinar scheduled for October 28th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you did enjoy this podcast, again, we'd be so grateful if you take time to give it a stellar review or a thumbs up or share it with your friends and family. I bet there are people you know who face the challenge of raising funds, so they may find this helpful. Thank you again for listening. Until next time.